with Vantage Point Podcast. Definitely welcome back to another week. I know we took one um, off last week, but we're back with a brand new series. And before we jump into that, I wanted to just remind you to go back and check out our nine-week series called Persons of Interest, an amazing series with different people from across uh, the nation that we talked to, friends of mine, just about different things, worship, integrity, Black Lives Matter, all different types of things. I just encourage you to go back and check those things out. And then also make sure to check us out on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on um, Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. You can definitely check in, stay connected with us and see what all that we have going on with Vantage Point. And really, um, really excited about this new series that we're in uh, that's starting today. And so definitely welcome to week one of America Divided. And so a lot of people ask me, you know, where did this idea come from? And obviously with so much going on in our world right now, um, really wanted to take a step back and dig into some of this division that we're talking about. I think it's you know, you get different narratives out there, you get different different perspectives, but really wanting to focus on a godly perspective when it comes to being d- divided. And so we're going to tackle this in a few different ways in this series. It'll be about four weeks, but we want to make sure that um, you get as much information as you can. And so this first week, we're going to t- jump into the sin of division. We're going to talk about division. We're going to talk about what it is we're going to break it down and then hopefully um, by the end of this series we can we can drive some unity and do some things and one thing i want to call out at the end of the month i'm going to actually host a zoom uh worship night i haven't gotten all the details yet but the links will be um on our social media i'll also talk about it as we get up to it um but we definitely um if you're able to join and just come together in, in unity and worship our Lord. And just those are some of the things that we really need to do in this time and age and where we are right now. So without further ado, I'm going to jump right into week one of America Divided, and that is the sin of division. And just like we talked about, right, this has been um, something that, you know, we have heard or seen or dealt with ourselves. And um, one of the biggest things is what what is division? What does that mean? And so looking at different definitions, we can talk about it being viewed as a process of dividing. We can talk about it as being a state of divided. Um, another way to look at it is uh, the condition or instance of being divided in opinion or interest. The one definition that really stood out to me and really outlines the word for this message is this. It's a disagreement between two or more groups typically producing hostility or tension. And if you look at the world right now, I mean, that's that's what we see. There's so much tension in the world, so much divisiveness in the world. And, and you know, in, in my lifetime, I'm 37, and this might be the most divisive I've ever seen um, this country um, with my own eyes. And, though, you know, we've read about things and we've heard about other times, but as far as being in a living moment of, of division, this is probably the tense uh, or the most tense I've ever seen it. And so just to kind of, you know, look back a little bit, you know, we, um, we've we all learned about the Civil War, which was almost 100 years ago, um, which really pitted the North and the South against against each other. And they were divided. They were divided over slavery, over state rights, um, and even expanding out in the West. Um, and that actually noted was one of our deadliest wars in American uh, soil. Over 600,000 soldiers were killed. And you think about that's over division, right? Over people that have d- 
different mindsets, differences of opinion, and it led to ultimately war and bloodshed. Um, even a hundred years past that, you have the civil rights movement, um, really where black America is fighting yet again, uh, this time for equality. And while the civil, you know, while that civil war, civil war didn't end slavery, um, it didn't, or excuse me, while it did end slavery, it didn't end discrimination. So yet another moment of division, yet another moment of this country being divided over what it believes and what it should do and how it should do it. Um, and then fast forward to today, 2020, right? This is supposed to be the year of vision, supposed to be the year of clarity, as people call it. And let's be honest, I, I would say this is probably the the clearest we've seen each other in a, in a long time, right? Um, and like I mentioned earlier, this is the most divided I've ever seen us, whether it's political, um, Trump, Biden, whoever else you, you feel should be president or shouldn't be president. We talk about race. We talk about Black Lives Matter. All lives matter. Blue lives matter. Um, even sexual orientation with LGBTQ and, and what that means and what that stands for. It's just so much division. And even something as simple as wearing a mask. Um, I, I, I've seen videos. We've all seen the Costco customer or somewhere, some, you know, someone being told they have to wear a mask and feel that it somehow infringes on their freedom as an American and it leads to other things. And so really what, what this time and what this year is showing us is that division um, really has no no limit or no depth. It can happen on any scale, any depth. And so we really have to understand that, right? And, and really a lot of the time, a lot in the Bible talks about division. We see division in so many different levels at so many different peaks and, and valleys in, in the Bible. And I found these quotes on being united, right? And it really, to me, speaks to this time right now. Uh, this first one is Franklin uh, Roosevelt. So it says, the point in history at which we stand is full of promise and danger. The world we either, the world, excuse me, the world will either move forward toward unity and shared prosperity, or it will move apart. Another one says, the reason the world lacks unity and lies broken in heaps is because man is disunited with himself. And so when we think about division right now, we've defined it. Let's talk about what causes it right. And I think the first thing is probably the biggest thing that causes division, and that's fear. Um, think about division for a second. Why do people distance themselves from other people who are different? Why do, you know, white people distance themselves from black people? Why do black people distance themselves from white people? Um, why do people shy away or, or, or don't hang or hang around or, or see LGBTQ? Um, think back to earlier examples. I just I just mentioned the Civil War, the Civil Rights Movement, LGBTQ movement. Even hearing these words from some people it ignites some level of fear in them. Um, but if we just sum it up quite simply, it's people seeing people seeing other people different or even better said, something that goes against what they believe and it scares them. Um, if you think about those types of things, you think about your own life, what things have you, you know, kind of pushed away from and not necessarily something that's bad for you. So it's not talking necessarily about that, but what about just who you hang out with? Who do you, you know, have you ever had a moment where you didn't, you know, you saw a certain person or a certain kind of person and you just had this fear about what they did or believed and you just you just it just you know pushes you away from them right um and and you have to separate from it you have to do it and then automatically we our trigger is to be against it um and i love the way that if you really look at the ministry of jesus 
there was so much fear um, that he caused um, when it came to um, the things he did, for instance, picking his disciples. You know, Jesus didn't pick a bunch of Pharisees and priests to be his disciples. He picked tax collectors and fishermen and thieves and, and even an anarchist and, and Peter who um, who definitely went against what people think he should do. So there, there's a fear in there, right? You even talk about who Jesus healed. Um, you know, he healed women, he healed lepers, he healed people from demons and beggars um, and pretty much anyone else who was discriminated against Jesus went right into the heart of where they were. Um, I even read this in preparing and it said that while people at one point were fearful of the demons and other people, they ended up becoming fearful of the one who cast out demons, right? Um, and will it's just so crazy that the way that we take fear and lets it and, and allows it and allow it to cause us, cause divide in us um, is really crazy in this world. And and even Jesus and who he died for, you know, I, I've heard people, you know, use scripture to justify racism or use scripture to justify. Um, black people as as subhuman as I've, I've seen it happen again, where I'm I'm somehow lower than uh, someone who's white um, because of my you know I'm less than because of my skin, but yet um, Jesus died for me too. He died for you. He died for everyone. And it's just funny how you know people can take something that was meant to unify and still try to use it um, to divide. And so. Uh, fear is definitely something that causes division. Another thing is judgment, people judging others, right? And I think we're all guilty of that at some point, um, whether it's judging someone based on their actions, their words, or their thoughts. Um, and we use that judgment to condemn people. We use it to justify division. Um, judging is something that comes up in the Bible um, quite a bit. Um, even Paul talks about it in uh, Romans 14. And I'm going to uh, read the message version here um, to kind of uh, get some context to this This judgment that drives division. And so it says, welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Even when it seems that they're strong on opinions, but weak in the faith department, remember that they have their own story to deal with. Treat, treat them gently. For instance, a person who has been around for a while might be convinced that he can eat anything on the table while another with a different background, but might assume he should only be a vegetarian and eat accordingly. But since both are guests at Christ's table, and this is this is just a, a key part of this verse, but since both are guests at Christ's table, wouldn't it be terribly rude if they failed to criticizing what the other ate or didn't eat? God, after all, invited them both to the table. Do you have any business crossing people off the guest list or interfering with God's welcome? If there are any corrections to be made or managed to be learned, God can handle that without your help. I'm going to say that again. It's not even a point, but I feel like I need to say it again. God can handle correction and judgment without our help. God doesn't need us to judge people. And I've heard this said so many times, and I was talking to a friend about it. When we get to heaven, we are going to be so surprised at who's there, because I feel like Christians have some preconceived notion that this person will be in the heaven and these people won't be in the heaven, uh, won't get into heaven. And so when we get there, I feel like there will be just this shock and awe of who the people that are actually there and sitting at the feet of Jesus, sitting in that glory. And so it, it really goes 
um, in the, even in the scripture, something as simple as people's uh, opinions on, on when to eat, what to eat. Um, you know, it talks about not letting us fall into the trap of jumping down their throat because of what they believe. Right. And a lot of the times we do that judgment because it leads to it, it, that judgment stems from people's opinions. And, you know, when you think about that first verse in Romans 14, it speaks to opinions. It says not to, it says not to jump all over them when they say something we don't agree with, which are strong opinions. Um, and, and really when you break down opinions, what are they, right? There are estimations, beliefs, or views formed about someone or something, not necessarily based on facts. Um, opinions in this scripture actually comes from a Greek word and I might mess it up, but it's dialog, dialogismos. Um, and that's spelled D-I-A-L-O-G-I-S-M-O-S, which is defined as the thinking of a man deliberating with himself, which is funny to me because when you think about opinions, they're ultimately our thoughts and views based on our internal beliefs. They don't come from our, you know, opposing force, right? And so for me, I can say, you know, I think this particular thing or this particular person is bad without even thinking or asking them about what they believe. And so you can tell me something and I can say, you're wrong. I haven't taken the time to listen to why you feel that way. I just innately say it's wrong because it's not what I believe. And, uh, you know, when we think about opinions and when we fall into the trap of judging people and then eat ultimately those opinions that people have, um, you know, while it may not be based on fact, it is what that person thinks. And so while we may not agree with it, um, we can't fail to have the desire to understand why. I think that's the biggest reason when you look at something like Black Lives Matter, when you look at that movement, right? People innately believe that that statement means all other people don't matter. Um, that's not what that means at all. And it definitely isn't saying that all lives don't matter. That's not what that's saying. It's just highlighting that it's highlighting a systemic and, and oppressive state that Black people have endured for over 400 years. And so um, we can go into all of that at, at any point, but the, the truth of the matter is the people that are just strictly against Black Lives Matter aren't taking the time to really understand why people are saying what they're saying. And I think that's something that, that we have to do um, not just as Christians, but as people, we have to be able to look at each other and understand why someone is the way, are the way they are. We have to be able to be open to listen and not be quick to speak or judge and, and, and put our judgment on their opinion. Um, you know, and really, even when you look at this uh, Romans 14, we, we talk about the scripture, we talk about, you know, one thing it mentions is that both people are guests at Christ's table. And whether that person believes they should um, eat and be the vegetarian, as the scripture says, or they feel like they can eat anything on the table, they're both guests at this table that God has set and God has invited them to. And when we cast our judgment, when we cast our opinions, um, even as Christians, let's sit there for a minute, we ultimately make God look bad. 
we we make that invitation harder to accept based on what we think or feel. So when we have someone who is who who considers themselves LGBTQ and as Christians we automatically say you're going to hell because this is what you think. One that's not our um responsibility to call that out. Um what our what our responsibility is is to love on them like like Christ loved us because the ultimate truth is God loves them. God loves people who are LGBTQ. God loves people that are racist. And I'm saying that as a black man, and I'm saying that as someone who has experienced racism um, in my life and, and prejudice and bigotry and all of those things. But to understand that God still loves them is so key to really think about and really hold on to because we all have to take a look at ourselves, so to speak. And we're going to get into that later in this series. Uh, so I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but really when you think about this debate, I, I really started to think about the life of Paul. I started to think about um, how Paul, who was this, who was a Pharisee, who was a murderer, who, who was, there was no bend in what he did. He, he was a murderer of Christians. He was a, mur he cast his opinions. He didn't ask why he did not care what you thought. If you went against what he thought you, you died. I mean, that's just the bottom line. We even see the first moment of being introduced to Paul. He's at the stoning of Stephen and he's literally just standing there. He's not even saying anything. He's just standing watching this man who is preaching the gospel be stoned and killed. And it's so interesting to me that how, how Jesus takes one of the most divisive people in the Bible and he ultimately becomes one of the greatest unifiers of the church. Um, and, and it's just amazing to see that transformation. And that really just brings me up to these few points, right? Like we can have differences and not have division. That That is totally fine. I don't have to fundamentally agree with any anybody. Um, that doesn't mean I dislike them. It doesn't mean I hate them. That doesn't mean I can't be friends with them. Um, I am a firm believer that that as someone who follows Christ, like my mission, my goal, my purpose is to show love to people. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you look like. Um, that's my job. That's my goal. And I feel like as Christians, that that's what we do. And when we don't do that, um, that's what leads to division. So we can literally have um, a difference of opinion. Um, you know, I have friends who, who, you know, and, and as trivial as this is when it comes to sports, like they have allegiances to teams. They follow teams that I don't like. That doesn't mean I, oh no, I can't talk to you because you like this team or that team. No, that's not what that means. We're friends. We have fun. And we, we our, our friendship goes deeper than that because we understand that, but that's a difference we have. Um, I, I talk a lot of politics with people and I, I would imagine that a lot of my friends and a lot of people I know that politically we fundamentally disagree on things, but that doesn't cause us to hate each other or, or cause infighting or things like that. So it, it is okay to have division or excuse me, to have differences and not have division. Um, but the truth of the matter is, and in the world we live in, and even this has been true in history, you can go back and look that the bottom line is that there are some people who have a desire for division. They do. Um, they, they are legit. Um, that's their mission in life. That's what they believe. 
um, whether that's a racist person, whether that's someone who is always questioning and, and you know, they're doing different things. There are going to be people you're going to encounter that just have a desire for div division. That was true of Paul um, when he was um, before he became or when he was Saul, that was true. Um, when we talked about him killing Christians, I mean, that he had a desire for division. He did not see unity with people that followed Jesus. He didn't um, until his, his encounter with Jesus, and then ultimately he transformed. Um, it's true of people who we see today in the world. You know, we have to look at people in, with the Civil War, civil rights, racism. There are people who we know, and I'm not calling out names, but I'll let you think of those names, uh, but there are definitely people who that's what we see, right? They are drivers and catalysts for division. And we have to be aware of those. We have to be cognizant of those people. Um, one of the biggest things that, um, you know, what I like to really just really what, what kind of arrested me in my own thoughts and my own judgments of people is I want you to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there for you to think about. And it's going to lead me to my third point, and ultimately we'll close out this episode and get ready for week two coming up soon. But I want you to think of the worst person you can think of. The, I'm, I'm talking the meanest, most divisive um, person you know. Just think about that person. It, it could be somebody you know. It could be somebody in history. Just if you really take a minute and think about a divisive person somebody who is out to create division, someone who does not want to see unity. They're just every bit of the opposite of what you would think unity is. And I want you to hold that picture in your mind. And then listen as I talk about point three, because the third point of this, of, of this message, the sin of division, is that Jesus Christ ultimately unites us all. And that, that all does not mean Christians only. It does not mean people who believe. It means everybody. Um, we know this. We see this with, with Saul's life. Jesus literally transformed Saul from someone who killed Christians to who may have been one of the greatest apostle, apostles in the history of this world. Like literally, the unifier of the church. If you go through the New Testament, whether it's Revelation, whether it's um, all the, the letters, when it's like Corinthians, when he's talking to the Corinthian church, who that they had division based on what they believed. And Paul is sitting here trying to drive unity with Christians. Um, that, that just blows my mind. And that just proves and reaffirms to me that Jesus unites us all. And we can even look at the death of Jesus and the veil being torn. Matthew 27, verse 51 says, at the moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to bottom, the earth shook, the rocks split. That may be one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. And this is what, to me, why that is. Um, think about it this way. Above all, the tearing of the veil at the moment of Jesus's death symbolizes dramatically that his sacrifice, the shedding of his blood, was a sufficient atonement for sin. It signifies that now the way into the Holy of Holies was open for all people, for all time, both Jew and Gentile, both white, black, both gay, straight, that is probably the most 
unifying statement that I can that I can share in this part one of this series that when Jesus went to the cross, he literally died for everyone. Scripture also says, while we were yet sinners. And I know we like to use that scripture. We like to talk through it, whether it means, you know, the thing we did or the thing someone else did. But when you really think about it, even the people who are driving sins of division, um, going against what Christ, going against unity, Jesus died for them too. That's why I wanted you to really get a picture in your head of someone divisive because it truly means what it means. He died for them. He didn't just die for me. He didn't just die for you. He literally died for all people for all time, Jew and Gentile. Jesus Christ literally has the authority and the ability to unite everybody. To say Jesus can't means you just lack the understanding of who he is, what he is, and why he is. And as I close this episode, I, I, I haven't actually ever done this in an episode, but I want to give an opportunity. I want to give people an opportunity to accept Jesus. I'm going to take a minute. I'm going to pray. I don't know where you are. I don't know who's listening to this. You may be a Christian. You may not be. You may be a racist. You may be someone who doesn't like unity. You may be someone who is maybe questioning me uh, uh, because of color of my skin or somebody else. But here's the thing I know. I'm not asking you to change. That That's not what I'm doing. I'm not judging you for who you are. What I am asking you is take an opportunity to get to know Jesus. Take an opportunity to get to know the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the greatest unifier um, in the history this world has ever seen. Take a minute to allow him to minister to you. I'm not saying you have to be perfect because you don't. I wasn't. I'm still not. No one is. But the bottom line is this, that the sins of division, whether it's, whether you believe it's generational or whether you believe it's, it's, it's literal in your world right now where you just have this fear of people or you're quick to judge people or you have too many opinions of people, take a minute to understand who Jesus is. Because when you do that, really look at his life. Everything about Jesus went against what people said he should have been or he should have done. He went to people that weren't like him, the less of these, the least of these, and he helped them. We talked about that earlier. That's who he is. That's the ability he has to really drive unity in this in this world. And I really feel like, and it's gonna sound cliche, but I just feel like if more people turn to Jesus and less to a president, a friend, a message, a political party, a movement, and they really focused on Jesus because there's a lot more work to be done than just ending racism. There's so many other things to do. That is a major one. Do not get me wrong. That is a major one. But there are a lot more things that we as people need to do to really drive unity in this world, not just this country, but this world. 
And I, I want to give you that opportunity. And so if, if you're listening to this podcast, if you have, have um, you know, been contemplating or really just seeing where the world is right now, I'm just going to ask you to pray for me. We're going to pray for people um, just to see where they are um, and just allow God to minister to them. That's, that's all I'm asking. I'm not asking you to change your life. I'm just asking you to listen and open and, and open, be open to listen. And so, Father God, we just we thank you for whoever's listening to this podcast. We give you all the honor and praise. And right now, we just ask that whatever seeds of division that we have in our hearts, whether it be through opinions, whether it be through fear, whether it be through judgment or any other uh, method, that you speak to us and show us the life of Jesus. Show us how he drove unity, how he transformed someone like Paul um, into a great unifier and, and catalyst for him and, and, and the glory of, of, of God. And we just ask right now that as we move into this series and as we move and that you just continue to show and be a beacon to people. Um, and if there's anyone on here that, that has not accepted you as, as their Lord and Savior um, and, and that they believe, we just ask you to be with them um, because we know that walk. We're not perfect. They're not perfect. And we know that it takes a day at a time. It takes a step at a time. And we know that that you have the ability and the authority to help them walk every step of the way. So we just ask that even in this moment, if anyone's giving their life to you, um, that you just help them get understanding about who you are. That's it. We just want to have understanding about who you are. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to thank y'all so much for being with us on week one of this series. And we're going to jump into a little bit more, a little bit more depth uh, next week. We're going to talk about the root of division. We're going to talk about um, where this division stems from. This week, we talked a lot about what it is, um, defining it, understanding it, where did it come from. But now we're going to take it a step further. We're going to get into the root of division um, and where some of these things lie. And we're going to be back here uh, next week for another episode of Vantage Point. Thank y'all so much for being with us and rolling with us. Um, We'll see you next week. Mm